to the Bean Ninjas podcast, where you get an all-access pass to see what happens behind the closed doors of a fast-growing global bookkeeping and financial reporting business. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bean Ninjas podcast. And today we're joined by the Merrymakers. Welcome, Emma and Carla. Thank you so much for having us. And we're actually just down the road, I think. Are you chatting to me from the Gold Coast today? Yes, we are. From Miami. (laughs) In the Gold Coast. (laughs) And have you been out to the beach this morning or done a a yoga or Pilates session? Yeah, well, we both actually had separate mornings because sometimes we'll do our mornings together, but today it was separate. So I did a yoga class followed by looking at the beautiful beach at Burley, a coffee, and then a jump in the ocean. It was amazing. Yeah, then I started the day like, oh, the most spectacular sunrise over the beach. I was like blown away. And then I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast and had coffee and then just watch the ocean. I just think like we live in the most beautiful, amazing place. And literally every morning I am blown away by this thing, like this big thing of water with the sun and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, this is free, right? Like, you know, like we can get all this for free, this amazing life-changing experience every single morning. I know how you feel. I love living on the Gold Coast too. And I think I was just up the road from you surfing at Burley and then came home for a coffee. But isn't it, I mean, I love living on the Gold Coast. It's such a beautiful part of the world and underrated. Oh, Oh, my God. I'm I'm almost like, don't tell anyone. (laughs) We don't want any more people. I'm kidding. Everyone, you're all welcome. (laughs) We're going to be talking today about your business and how you've grown your audience and built a range of different products mm-hmm. and then done a 180 and changed business model. But before we get into that, why don't you describe a little bit about what you do, what is the Merrymakers and how you got started? Well, basically in a nutshell, the Merrymakers sisters means to bring joy to. So the word Merrymaker actually means that, to bring joy to your life and everything around you. And the reason we came up with that is because we had discovered a new way of living that brought us so much joy. And one day we just decided to share that online. And I mean, that's a very short, sharp story, isn't it? But it's been a really long journey. From age 11, I was always like struggling with body image and wanting to lose weight and just in a very negative mindset about what I looked like. And I know Emma was exactly the same. And it was in 20... 2012. Yeah. When we discovered this new way of living, which was a real food diet. So we just decided one day to cut out, you know, the crap and the junk food and the refined sugars and the gluten. And we felt amazing. And I just decided to start sharing this on Instagram. And slowly but surely, I had a thousand followers. And I was just like, this is just bizarre. Why are people even caring about this? Why do they want to know what's in my pancakes? And we Googled one day how to start a blog. And then literally like we just kept Googling our way through it all. And we created the Merrymaker Sisters. And I think it was just like this thing we found that brought, you know, like the lifestyle made us feel good in our heads, good in our bodies, Mm -hmm. like our energy was increased, blah, 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 all the health benefits. But then we found this thing that kind of brought joy to us while we worked. So, you know, when you're like working on something and you're like, oh my gosh, it's midnight. How did that happen? Like, how did all that time go? 
because we'd found this thing we loved. And at the time we were both working in government in Canberra in the most boringest jobs where we totally (laughs) were like, we don't belong here. Like we were having these conversations. Surely life is more than this. The working, the grinding, and then counting down to your three-week holiday and like spending all your money on your holiday and then coming back and being like, oh my God, now I need to go do that again for 11 months before I get my next holiday. And we just knew that we were not meant to be doing this. And I don't know if anyone's meant to be doing it, working in a job they do not enjoy, but we just knew we had to follow it. And then we discovered this man named Joseph Campbell, the philosopher. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. And we just started reading his stuff, like watching documentaries. And we heard that term, follow your bliss. And we were like, oh, we need to do that. Like Merrymakers is our bliss. Like we should go do that. So we just literally were like, let's ask for leave of our pay. And then they didn't give it to us. So we're like, oh, well, let's just quit. We weren't making any money. Meryl, like you would have been mortified because (laughs) we were like, I did some sums and I was like, okay, Carla, so I'm pretty sure we can make money if we did this and we did that and we did that, we'll be fine. And we had a mortgage too. We weren't like totally commitment free. So it was not like this little like, you know, just risk it. Oh, well, we got mum and dad to fall back on. Like we didn't have that and we had to pay these bills every week. So it was kind of like this huge risk on paper, but also we just realized the biggest risk was not following this like dream, this gut feeling that we should be doing this and not in these stupid cubicles in these jobs that we really dislike. And no offense to anyone who likes their cubicle job, like good, I'm glad you like it, but we did not. So we didn't belong there. And literally we've just never looked back. I mean, the journey has been so bumpy, like everyone's business journey and like this way, then that way, then this way, but so magical. And God, I just can't imagine life any other way. I love the way you've described that, the risk of actually not doing what you loved. Yeah. What did your business look like when you were making that transition? So you were in your government job, you were starting to build an audience on Instagram and starting to blog and you had a mortgage to pay. So how did you monetize in the early days? Yeah, well, the first way we monetized our very, very first $150 that we ever made was through a brand partnership. So we actually had a friend whose boyfriend ran a personal training business and she was like, hey girls, can you come to this personal training boot camp and can you post about it on your blog? This was the first time that we'd even thought about like, what we could do that and we can make money that way through partnerships and I'd actually studied public relations and so everything started to line up for me I was like oh yeah this is like PR but we're getting paid to be PR for these companies and and the, the funny thing is that I actually studied advertising too so it was like wow like we have all this knowledge and you know we're just natural marketers I think you know some people are really good at just seeing how to sell and we I just naturally inclined that way. So collaborating with brands came really easy and that was totally how we made our money at the start. And we really, really enjoyed it too. And then we also started creating digital products. So like recipe eBooks, because we were creating recipes, like that's why people loved our stuff for our recipes. So we're like, hey, why don't, well, actually, no, people kept asking, when's your book coming out? When's your book? And we're like, guys, we don't have a book. And then we're like, oh, wait, why don't we just make a book? And then it was so amazing. We worked on it. We created it. Then we like just sent an email. Hey, guys, like we made our book. And it was the first time, I think like the only time where it was just like, 
the PayPal, which is like, and it was like, oh my God, like this is insane. It was so fun to watch the sales come in. We actually made that ebook while we were still working in in our government jobs. And it was before we were going to work that day that we'd pressed for sale and sent the one email. And so I remember before work, we were watching the emails come in and we couldn't believe it. If I remember correctly, we sold like a hundred that first morning and then more throughout the day. And it was beyond exciting because we had no expectations. We're like, maybe one person will buy it. So we weren't really sure. But then the funny thing is, is like, we literally sent one email and then like, boom, that was it. And we just didn't have the knowledge of like, oh, you know, you got to keep promoting yeah. your product. And that's why I was like, oh, well, we've done that ebook now. Like we sold it. It's not selling anymore. But we didn't know, oh, sales funnels. Oh, like keep promoting your products. It was just funny, like how you just don't think about this stuff. We forgot that new people were finding yeah. us and that these new people didn't know about the ebook. We were just thinking, everyone knows about it. They obviously just don't want it. So we kind of just let it sit there and just do its own thing so that's a big lesson that we learned early-ish on like you have to be seen to sell and you have to keep selling your products to the new people that find you and not in a weird yucky way just like how proud you are of your product and you know it's going to help people so of course tell them about it yeah and so in those early days how were you building that email list you mentioned that you had followers on Instagram were you then bringing them across to an email list or was the email list coming from people that were reading your blog? Yeah, and that was another mistake we made early on that we didn't get people's emails. We did Google our way through it all, but we didn't understand why we wanted to get people's emails. And I remember we went to ProBlogger one year and they were like, if you're not getting people's emails, what are you doing? You need to do this. You need to go home tonight and set up your emails. And we were like, oh my God, like we've been doing this for however many long, I don't know how long we'd been doing it. And we hadn't been capturing people's emails. So it was like, okay, game on, let's do this. And then I think it was another conference. It was in the Philippines with Chris Ducker. And that was when we first heard about online sales funnel. What was his name? John Lee Dumas. And we're like, oh my God, like this is what we need to do to really make the most of it. So um, yeah, we just started creating opt-ins, I guess. Yeah, we created like free value products, for example, like a little mini ebook or, you know, we've kind of tried everything. We tried like some courses. We tried, now we're doing like free yoga classes, free Pilates classes, because that's our new business. But at the beginning it was just, yeah, free ebook. I think we did even just 10 of our best tips like for creating a healthy lifestyle, that kind of thing. And that's basically to capture the email address and then give them some high value. And then, yay, we get to send them our content that we share every week directly to their inbox. And yeah, we did promote that across our social media. So like Facebook, on Instagram, to try and get those people to also cross over to our every week written content. But yeah, and we still do that. I think like we go through phases of like, yay, let's make new opt-ins. And then it's like, oh, too many (laughs) opt-ins. Yeah, but I mean, once you set it up, it's there. And if you create your great sequences and if you're monitoring it and changing it and chopping it and seeing what is actually working, then it's awesome. And you feel really, it feels really good to make like a great sequence that you feel proud of that you're like, yay, this is getting into your inbox. Not only am I giving you value, but maybe potentially you're going to get even more help from us by joining our product or joining our program, that kind of thing. So 
It's so powerful. Oh my gosh. I love email it. it. I love email Yeah, this. <laughs> And it's so fun. Like when you get really into it, like when you get your tag based system and you're like, oh, like setting up like abandoned cart sequences and all that. We have so much fun now. It's so funny. We get so excited by stuff like that. Yeah. When we learn something new, we're like, oh my gosh, we didn't even know we could do that. And some of the softwares that are out there make it so bloody easy to do, which is just exciting. What software are you using for emails instead? We used to use Drip. I reckon when Drip first came out, we were like really early on board for Drip. And then we recently changed because of their really big price increase. (laughs) We were like, holy moly, we cannot pay $700 a month for this. We're definitely not paying that. So we changed to ConvertKit, which has been something we wanted to do for a little while because it's actually made for bloggers. It's made for craft bloggers. So we kind of fitted right in there. And it's really amazing, so intuitive, so many integrations that make it so easy. And it's much cheaper. It works out to be like $350 a month instead of what we were going to pay at Drip. So just to take it back, there might be a few people in our audience who might not be sure why they should build an email list and then also Mm. might not know what a funnel is. Yeah. But could you just lay that out just in layman's terms, why you would want to build an email list and then what funnel what it actually is? Yeah. Well, the reason why you want to capture emails is because someone's inbox, getting into their personal inbox is so much more powerful than just reaching them on Instagram or reaching them on Facebook. So if you think about it, who's sending you emails? Sometimes you're receiving an email from your mom or your friends or your sister or you know all of the online shops that you've signed up to, that kind of thing. So you want to be in there so it's nice and personal. You can call them by their name. You can try and figure out exactly what they're after by monitoring what they're doing on your site, by what they're clicking. And this is what customer relationship management tools can do. It can take one email address and look at what they're doing each and every step of their journey on your website through the emails that you send them. So it's amazing because you get to know your customer and you get to actually give them stuff that they want. And I was just going to add that um, you're warming up this because maybe they're just like a follower or they're just reading your content. So really the goal is to give them lots of value and create that warm list. So they're like, oh, like I love hearing from Emma and Carla each week. And then, you know, like we'll talk about our products, maybe not every newsletter, not every email, but every now and again, we will. We Look, we probably talk about them in every email. Yeah, we do. And then it's like, okay, eventually maybe after two emails, they want to buy something, or maybe it's after 100 emails, they want to buy something. So it's just like, always putting yourself out there and then giving them the value. And then there's going to be someone who one day goes, oh my gosh, I've had so much value. What if I did pay for this product? Like the value is probably going to be 10x of that value. So I totally want to do that. Yeah. What it also does is that it builds trust. So if you're giving these people free stuff every week, or maybe it's every two weeks, maybe it's just once a month that you send an email. It doesn't matter how often it is, just make it consistent. You're going to be consistently seen by that person's eyes. So when you think about it, how long does it take you to make a purchase from, you know, maybe think about like a car or even 
dinner, like going out to a restaurant. For me, I'll hear from people like, I want your feedback. Like, did you like that restaurant? Was it yum? What kind of food was it? I might go and look at their Instagram account. I might look at their menu. So I'm looking at a lot of things before I actually make the decision. So if we're continually in front of these people's eyes, if we're continually adding value to their lives and making positive changes to their lives, like actually they're learning something, they're being inspired, they're being educated, they're being entertained, then they're going to build that trust with you. They're going to have that connection. And the other question was sequences. Sequences are really amazing because they're automated. And so basically you can set up a sequence. Say, for example, you give an amazing, just for make it simple, like a PDF ebook, a free ebook, come and sign up for my free ebook. So they get that opt-in. And then from that opt-in, you can then create a sequence of follow-up emails every day, or maybe it's once a week for the next four weeks that again, warm them up. So you're telling them more about what you do, adding a little bit more value. You might even ask them a question, try to get more information out of them and what they're about and what they need from you. Maybe it's a simple question like, what are you interested in, this or that? And you can create a trigger link in that email and then tag them with whichever button they clicked. So slowly but surely, we're getting to understand this person, exactly what they need, exactly what they want. And then boom, you're there providing that for them. And I think also that is the funnel that you're talking about. Whereas, so it's like they come in, everyone comes in at the top and then it kind of like funnels down. So, you know, there might be 10 people who come in and you're sending this sequence of emails and it might be that two people end at the bottom buying your product. So at the end, you'll kind of pitch what your product is. And, you know, you can change that middle sequence depending on how many emails you want to write. Like some funnels are so huge. Like they might be like an email a day for like 20 days or they could be like five emails. Like usually we do like, we probably do about five emails in our funnels. Who knows what's right, what's wrong, just see what works for you. But it's all about offering value. And you might do like some small offerings in the middle. So like you might do like lots of people do like $7 products, countdown timers, blah, blah, blah. We don't really do that anymore. It's just like we educate, inspire, as Carla said, entertain, just offer value. And then it's like, hey, if you liked this, you might also like this product. And then they just pop on to the end of our weekly newsletter then after that. That's really helpful. That's a great explanation. Oh, my gosh. I felt like it was many words and I was like, I hope that was okay. (laughs) We probably could have like condensed that in like one sentence really, but. That's great. So let's bring it back. So we'll go back to the story. You made that transition from your government job to starting to blog. You're building an audience and you've created a cookbook so your first one was the ebook, and then how far along? So how many years in was it when you created the physical cookbook? I remember seeing photos of you surrounded by the physical cookbook. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so cool! So yeah, after the first ebook, we then made a further five ebooks because we were like, "Oh, ebooks are working. Let's make more." So we ended up making five little mini ebooks, and they went really well as well. And then we made. Our first hard copy book, which was called Make It Merry, and that was both cookbooks that we've made are self-published and self-made. When was that? 2015. Yeah. Was the first book, Make It Merry. And again, amazing experience. So many lessons. So many lessons on 
creating what a not hard copy cookbook. <laughs> That's a whole nother oh episode, God, Mara. That is crazy. And then from then we wanted to make an even better cookbook because we learned so much and that's when we made Get Merry, yeah. which came out in 2017, January. Was that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember, okay. it was supposed to come out in October 2016 and it got so delayed it yeah. ends up in January but, 2017. And in between that cookbook and the next one, we also did live challenges where people ate the same. We all ate the same. Like we had a developed a meal plan. <laughs> that sounded so we, weird. We all ate the same. No, we developed a meal plan and did this epic four weeks or somewhere two weeks where we got experts in like doctors and amazing humans to share their amazing knowledge. And they were great. God, we did so. How many of them did we do? Five, six? Yeah, I think we did about, ended up doing about six Make Life Merry challenges. And then it also turned into a Get Merry challenge. That was super fun. It was like very high energy very intense though. And it was again one of those things where I think we went to Pro Blogger and it was like, oh, we can do this challenge thing. Someone was talking about it, Jada from Simple Green Smoothies. And we were like, why don't we do it? So we literally like made a landing page. We hadn't even developed the product yet. Like we just had the idea, put it out there. We're doing this in four weeks, guys. And all of a sudden we've got like 300 people signed up and we're like, oh, I guess we better make this thing now. (laughs) And it was like insane. It was just so amazing. You know, it's one of those moments where you're like, well, you don't know if it's going to work, but then it really works. And you're like, wow, like that's so cool. (laughs) And it's also one of those moments where we look back now and we realize, oh my gosh, that was really successful and really like amazing. And we didn't actually know it at the time. We've come to realize that we have quite high expectations of ourselves and we are learning to deal with that. Yoga has helped us a lot, Mm. creating contentment and being patient, but we have always been ones that are like, no, we got to do better and we want to do more and all of this. And so that's been a really big hurdle for us to overcome. And now we can look back and be really proud of it. But I want to bring that into the present. Like I want to be proud of my stuff now instead of thinking, you know, in two years and looking back and being like, gosh, I really was a bit hard on myself. So that's a big lesson as well. So at the time, were you wanting to have more participants in the challenges or was it something else that you were being hard on yourself with? Oh, we did always want more. Um, we <laughs> so, did. So bad to say it's that. so bad, but it's the truth. We did. And I think, you know, it was also the people we were surrounding ourselves with. I mean, like, and no offense to anyone, without that help and without that motivation and drive, we might not have done what we achieved. But it was kind of like when you do immerse yourself in different worlds in the online world where, you know, people are like in hustle mode and like do the work and like just get it done, do all the hours. It can be quite addictive way to work and also a way that doesn't actually bring this level of gratitude and contentment. We can't change the past. Now we reflect and we'd be like, wow, like we were so amazing. We didn't even know it. We always thought we could do better. But now we can reflect back and be like, oh, we went and beyond. I think we were a little bit naive as well. And I think that was our superpower as well. We didn't realize that you know, it's not actually that normal to launch your first challenge and make like over 30K. We were like, this isn't good enough, but like that was awesome. Yeah, I heard that. I thought, wow, that's amazing for your first challenge. Yeah. And we were just like, 
like, no more. It was like 360. <laughs> we were like, more, more. It wasn't about the money or the no, greed. It, it was, was just like, like, we can do better. Like yeah. it was like, I'm sure we can sell more. But it wasn't even about, we never really, did we have money? Like we weren't really ever driven by money. That's one thing we've never had. We've kind of had to train ourselves to be like, oh, yeah, like we need to monitor that and we we've, need to we've make We've had that. to, yeah, train ourselves to look at that. Because, yeah, before we didn't. Yeah. And even, like, we never used to set any monetary goals or anything because we were like, yeah, whatever, like, we'll just make it work. And then thankfully it did work. But then, like, you know, when stuff started to not work, it's like, oh, crap, like, we need to get better at this money monitoring thing because, you know, money just doesn't come magically. Like, once upon a time, maybe it did for us. I don't know. It's a weird. Sometimes (laughs) I think back to those moments, like, of that challenge and I think, well, do I have that again? Like, <laughs> I really like that right and, now. And that was the best thing with those products is that, you know, all it to make it was so low cost. Like literally it was our time and making recipes. And the thing is we love connecting with our people. I know, you know, follow your passions. You'll never work a day. Like, no, you will work and you'll work harder than ever. But connecting with our people is something that doesn't really feel like work. And those things just kind of were this insane ride of high vibe where we probably didn't look after our health at all and now we do we're much more conscious of it but it was just so energizing and exciting to see people go from this really bad relationship with their food and like sad and kind of down and out and then by the end of four weeks just be like oh my gosh like I've changed my whole perspective on life and that's just because you know you're in a group of like these people where they're on this mission to find more magic in their lives and you know it's not like brain science it's like yeah just be more grateful eat better food exercise a bit more it's like all these tiny little changes we can make to our lives and we were just so it was so much magic that it didn't feel like work. And yeah, oh, I don't even know where I'm going here. <laughs> wow, there's so many directions I could take the conversation from here. Because I want to ask more about the comments that you made about wanting more and then contentment and where you're at with that. So we'll come back to that and also how that ties into your health and balance. So we'll come back to that. But I wanted to ask more with, so we, we talked about the challenges. What made you stop doing those and focus on what was your next product or what did you sell after that? Yeah, well, I mean, one of our biggest values in our business from the beginning and still here today is asking ourselves how much fun did we have today? How much laughter was there? Does this bring us joy? And the challenges just started to feel like they weren't bringing that for us anymore. We were kind of dreading making them. We didn't want to make the recipes anymore. It became really hard to find the inspiration to create it, even though we knew that they were so successful and in a monetary value that potentially, you know, we could blow this up even more. It was against our heart and our souls. I should say hearts because there's two and our souls that we just didn't want to do them anymore. And for some other human who was looking at the business, they would be like, you're crazy. Like you should just double down and like blow it up. But we just couldn't do that to ourselves. And it also would feel really unaligned and inauthentic to be sharing that on our social media, on our blogs and writing about it. And without that realness, without that authenticity, I believe that I can see straight through it when I look at someone else's stuff. And so I would hate that to be me. And so we're always about following your truth, following your heart. And so we just stopped. 
we were like, we can't do this anymore. And you know what was really scary, Meryl? We didn't know what we were going to do. We were in this moment in time where suddenly the business that we had created, we hated and we didn't want to do it. And we literally sat in a space for about six months of nothingness. It was a lot of beach, a lot of sun, a lot of going into nature, meditating and praying. Like, when is the next big thing? When is the next idea coming? And you know, we were lucky in that we applied for that EDMG grant and it came through. And I think we got like $13,000 back from the government and that kept us going. It was so funny. I think back to then, I'm like, how did we even like survive? Because like we literally were in this nothingness, but it was like we couldn't create anymore what we were doing. And we did get some advice from, um, we hired a coach actually, Bridget Biddy Taro, who's created an amazing business. And she was like, you just need space. You need to stop. And we were just like, oh, okay. We'd never, ever, ever, ever stopped. Since we had created Merrymakers, we never stopped. We just kept going and it was like, you know, if something doesn't work, just try something else. Just like throw spaghetti at the wall. Just keep doing it again and again and again and again. And it's such a messy wall. Yeah. And for someone to just give us that advice, you're allowed to stop. Carla had just finished her yoga teacher training. I think I was just almost finishing my Pilates teacher training. And it was just such a nice thing to hear. Oh, we're allowed to stop. Oh, Okay. So we just literally stopped and she was just like, just wait for your idea to come. And, you know, in those coming weeks, maybe months, we were like, hey, we really love yoga and Pilates. Like this is all we talk about. This is literally all we bang on about. We're there at the studio all the time. We did our teacher training. Maybe we should do something with this. It's kind of different to food, but also it's health, right? Like people need to move their bodies and feed themselves amazing food. To us, we actually didn't even think about the change. Like we didn't even think about the big jump from food to movement. We just thought, because for us, it was so (laughs) intertwined, like, yeah, healthy food and healthy movement, like, duh. But we now are thinking back, oh yeah, that's a pretty big swerve and a pretty big curve. And we didn't realize at the time. So that's, we can talk about that again. Mm -hmm. But then from that space of stopping the challenges, having like a big break of like praying and like, when's the next idea? Just having that faith that the idea was going to come. And being okay with not making very much money. Yeah, living frugally. Yeah, living, it taught us a lot actually. Like I would say, like, you know, we got used to having lots of cash and like you'd spend it right but then when you don't have much you're like hey I don't actually need it Mm. it's funny like the small things in life are actually what bring you the most joy and you know we're so lucky to live on the Gold Coast where actually the best thing to do here is just go sit on the beach and go in the ocean where that's like mother nature gives it to us for free And I was never stressed like I think back to then I'm like why wasn't I stressed? I love how Emma says I was never stressed here I am, like, so stressed. Like, what are we doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel sick every day. I don't know how I wasn't stressed. I think because we read that book, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're like, we just got to think it. <laughs> and then we're like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's just temporary defeat. Like, we're just figuring it out. We had to stop to actually find the thing that we love. Yeah. And, and then, thank God we did. Yeah. And then we came up with the idea of Mary Bonnie, which is so different to what it actually turned out to be. The first idea was like this big program, like eight weeks and this and that and all this, the bells and whistles. And then again, 
we got this great advice from Bridget, our coach at the time. And she was just like, girls, don't overwhelm the people. Keep it simple. Just keep it to you two and you providing exactly what you know and what you have learned. And that'll be enough. That'll be amazing. And that was great advice. Keep it simple. Don't overwhelm. And so then we began Merry Body programs, which were four-week programs of yoga and Pilates classes and mindset sessions. And so when you think about it, we were like, this is a brand new business. Oh my gosh. But then when we actually thought about it, we're like, oh. We're just doing the Get Merry Challenge again, but with yoga and Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, oh, it's, oh the same it's the same thing. It's just different, just different content. And so we realized, okay, yeah, this is not a big deal, guys. Like, we've got this. We can do it. And then that's what happened. So that was last year. We did three. Was it last year? Oh, my gosh. Was oh only my God, last, yeah, year. last year? Last year we ran three Merry Body programs, which were amazing. so amazing so filled with love and light and joy and we loved every minute and once again at the end of that third challenge we hit a moment in time where we were just like we don't want to do the programs anymore (laughs) (laughs) so then we were like I don't know even how it came up how did it come up to turn it into a membership I think someone said like what do you do with all the old content like the old videos And we were kind of like, well, they do resell here and there, but they really, it's not enough, like really. It's like one a month. Yeah. So So it was kind of like this amazing content that was sitting there that we hadn't put much effort into selling the old programs. Like it was all about the live program, that scarcity, like we start next week, blah, blah, blah. So then we were just like, oh, we should turn it into a membership. And that is now where we're at. We've got the Merry Bodies online studio where we've put all the classes in. And now we actually create a new class every single week. So there's a new Pilates or yoga or a fusion class that goes inside the membership every week. And I mean, we make them probably once a month. So it's like this big content creation day where we get go into our local studio, film the classes, and then we just publish them once Mm. a week. And it's like this amazing I don't know. Like we only launched. When did we launch? Two weeks ago? Yeah, three weeks ago. So watch this space (laughs) but it's been the most amazing creation I think like it was such an exciting flowing thing to create and I feel like that's a really good gauge if you're flowing in the creation if it feels right when you're making it Mm. and when you're talking about it you're onto something and like there's nothing that can take that away you know like you can read all the trending things like this is trending do this like blah 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 whatever the biggest internet marketer is says to do this but connect to yourself. If it feels good to sell this way, if it feels good to make this kind of product with this business model, like go there, do it. And you'll probably find it'll work for you. And that's what we're finding now. I mean, it's definitely been a big transition to go from like launch modes where you get like that big influx of cash to now it's like this thing that is always there that we can always sell, that there's less scarcity. So it's like, oh, we didn't get our big influx of cash. Like this is interesting. So okay, this is different. We need to get our minds around this and then we need to change our sales strategies. So now it's kind of just like, okay, heads down, bum up to like learn how we're going to do this. But the thing is, it's so fun and exciting and it's like, oh, we just did this and it's working. Oh my God, so exciting. Mm. So it's a really fun time, I think, because we're learning so much. But we've got to keep learning, right? Like even when you're in business and like creating your own thing, but you kind of get bored or you kind of get like in the routine. 
So it's so cool to kind of like take that left step or whatever, the side steps, completely different. And now it's like, okay, new stuff to learn. Like this is where the magic happens, stepping out of our comfort zones. And I think this is the first time ever that we've actually, we can see the business growing to like where we've always seen it. We've had the vision forever and ever. We just weren't sure how we were going to get there. But Mary Body Online is like the one time I actually feel, oh yeah, wow, this can grow and this can continue to grow. Yet we've created a really sustainable business in that it's us two still creating it. The more people that come, it's still us two that's creating it. Obviously, we'll have to get like customer management and all that kind of stuff. Like we know who our hires will be when we do get to that point, but it's never going to get too big. And this was another great lesson Mm -hmm. that we had from Brian Clark from further and from, yeah, coffee blogger. blogger. I mean, I have his further accounts, (laughs) (laughs) but he told us like we met with him for coffee one day when he was in Australia and he was just like talking about his business, how he started it. It was just him. And then now it's 80 employees and blah, blah, blah. So that's 80 families like that he has to keep at the front of his mind. Like he has to look after those employees. And he was like, so girls, just really ask yourself, like how big do you want to get? Is it that big or is it just like slightly less big or is it just slightly bigger than what you are now? And it was something I'd never even thought about. I was like, wow, I don't know. I just thought big. Like I just thought, I don't know, whatever. And then I think he just also said, you know, you can create an amazing business with just you two. And it was kind of like, oh, like really, that is kind of our goal to be able to hire a handful of staff. Like I want to just hire my mom really. Like she does a bit of work for us now, but like hire her full time. And then like that's it. And we have this like still this sense of freedom and who knows what it could change in the end. But I think it was just, you know, you always get these like amazing, I don't know, we've always had these people that come into our lives who just deliver the goods when we need to hear it. Like these one-liners where it's like, oh, And they just stick with us. And that is something that's really stuck with us. And I think, you know, for anyone to like hear your business story and then be like, oh, yeah, like I see it. I can see that. That is pure magic. And that's why it's really important to find your crew, like find your support and your connections and meet up with them online or in real life if you can once a month, once a week, however many times is required to keep that motivation and um groundedness as well because you know when you are working in the online world and at home it can be really lonely and sometimes it's really hard but when you have someone there to hear your struggles and for you to help them through theirs like that is just absolutely magic and reminds us what really truly matters because in the end we don't leave this planet with our pay packets and our bank accounts and all the stuff that we own like that's nothing it's the impact we make on the people and the planet. That's really what matters. Wow, there's so many different lessons in there that I think the audience can take away. <laughs> we have so many lessons. Yeah, I actually really appreciate that about the way that you're talking about your journey. It sounds like you're always learning and you've talked about this membership being a different business model to the launches and how you've identified that and you're going to go and learn about that and change your sales process. Mm. And that's just one of, that was a number of takeaways for me in that. So I just had a couple of questions before we wrap up. One was the accountant in me was curious when you were talking about being frugal, I wanted to ask about some of the things that you did to help with that. I actually think that that's one of the key factors that can help 
especially new entrepreneurs, be successful. They can cut their living yeah. costs. They can invest more time and money into running their business. Totally. So true. So what were some of the things that you did or that you recommend other people do? Yeah, I mean, we, we stopped eating out. We stopped out. eating out for dinners and lunches and breakfasts. We which just got we, in the habit of eating out. We used to eat out. Like some days we would eat out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we would look at our bank account and be like, holy moly, we spent $700 on food this week, like going out. <laughs> and that's outrageous. Like that's ridiculous. And we decided, no, we're going to start making our and meals. It, but do you know what? Because we'd been in the business of cooking, we you know, as we said, we started hating cooking, which is a shame because, you know, that's very good for, good way to save money, cook at home. Mm. So that was a huge game changer for us. And then we just started finding more joy in free stuff. Like we spent more time outside, which is also much better for our health as well, like to do that. Mm. And it was just like, okay, we don't need to go to all the things and like pay for tickets. And we actually went to a few less conferences that we may have used to go to and we traveled less. Like we also, you know, we went on some big overseas trips in our early days when we started the business. So we just thought, you know, like this is the perfect time this year. Let's stay put. Let's ground. We live in this amazing city. Why do we keep escaping it to go to another city, like another country? Let's just stop. Because, you know, like even though all those conferences, thank God we went to them. Wow. Like they changed our whole business, each conference we've ever been to. But also you end up spending like 10K with flights, with accommodation, with food, with drinks, like with everything. It's like they're not cheap. So it was just like, okay, maybe we have all the knowledge we need from those things, all the networking. Let's just stop. Let's just listen to podcasts, like free yeah. conferences. Like, we're like, oh my gosh, we can learn all this if we just decide to allocate the time. And I mean, like, we were also, we saved money on like our yoga and Pilates membership, like at a studio, because we actually taught there once a week. And not only did that benefit our business, because now we're, of course, when you teach in real life, you become a better teacher for online, but we also got free membership. So it was also like just literally looking at our weekly expenses. Where can we cut down? What can we do? And I mean, we still do that. Thanks to you, Meryl, and your stuff that you create in your course, like it just makes you more conscious of where is your money going. And it's amazing how much you can save. And even just looking at every software subscription, like, okay, we can change that. Do we need that? Actually, no. Even like our insurances and things, yeah. like we looked at all those and we like put them all together into one insurance so we didn't have like the mind boggle as well of like, where is that insurance? Where is this insurance? Like they're all with the same company. And then we like increased our excess, which like decreased like what we had to pay each month. And I know some people wouldn't do that, but for us, like we like just looked at the risk factor, like how likely is that 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 will happen? Actually not very. So like we put that up and saved like money here and there. And that's basically what we did. Yeah. We I continue to do that. We continue to review our now we've even put it in as once a month, Meryl, thanks to you, like reminding us, check your expenses. Are you paying for anything unnecessary? And now it's really cool. There's nothing that is unnecessarily being paid for, which back in the day there was like $10 here, $10 there, it all adds up. Yeah. And I think it kind of becomes a fun thing to do if you make it fun. Like, I don't know, it's good to know about this stuff. We were always people who put our heads in the sand with anything finances. And it's very empowering once you get your head out of the sand <laughs> and you're like, oh, actually, it's better when I know about this. 
the truth is always better, even though... The truth will set you free. Yeah, and even when it hurts sometimes, this is like everything in life, not just money, but like the truth is always better because then you have, okay, I know what it is and now I know how to make it better. So all really simple things, but just spending less. And I feel like doing yoga and like learning about that is also really good for your bank account because you don't need stuff. I don't know. We don't go shopping. We don't have the urge to have the best clothes. Like we have the things we love and we'll get new things when we need to, but we don't spend a lot of money on stuff. We would prefer to spend it on experiences, not stuff. I love that. I think they can go hand in hand with being frugal is good for your bank balance, but I think it can lead to a happier life as well. If you're trying to experience things or be at the beach or spending time with people and things that don't cost money. Yeah. Well, ladies, I could chat to you for another hour. There's so many other things that I want to chat about, but it's time to wrap up. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been so much fun. By the way, are you wanting support to get paid and make better decisions? We've put together a zero small business toolkit, including cash flow forecast templates and guides to setting up zero. Grab it for free at beninjas.com slash zero toolkit. And that's X-E-R-O-T-O-O-L-K-I-T. 